we're back. Shady's Decided. Back. back again. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. You know what? That happened. That happened. Let's just embrace it. <laughs> Let's just embrace it. I mean, one of the reasons why we you know, decided to take a break from Dungeons and the Asians was because we were like, oh, if we can't be together at the same table, it takes away the the whole dynamic of it. But, you know, with quarantine going on for the foreseeable future and, um, you know, our provincial guidelines preventing us from you know, seeing each other for very good reasons, um, I don't think we could we should put Dungeons and Asians on hold any longer. So here we are. We're back with Dungeons and Asians. Our first ever time recording virtually like this. Mm, it's happening. Ooh. Breaking it's happening. new ground. Breaking it's new happening. ground again. Or breaking new ground, um, consider this practice for us to eventually live stream. Uh, whoa. whoa. Uh, live stream Dungeons and Asians. Yeah. Um, and the Asians represent uh, Twitch stream has been pretty hot, hasn't it? It's, it's, it's been popping. It's been popping. <laughs> can can we really say it's popping? Like, where, where is it between popping uh, and hot? <laughs> What's the hierarchy yeah, there? I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I just Amar, want to sound young. Amar, listen, I know you've been studying learning languages, but <laughs> do we really need to get into the minutia <laughs> Look, of uh, hot Amar and just, popping? If not here, then when? Like, we got to, there's got to be a line. <laughs> we did an there's ontology of hot. <laughs> ah, whatever. Let's get back that's to gonna it. Be a, that's going to be a like a, a storyline. Perhaps as Walid is learning how to read, he becomes obsessed with languages. Oh. I forgot my character couldn't read for a second there. <laughs> because <laughs> I wasn't making any like implicit assumptions about your character. No. No, we had a conversation he, about this. My we, character we had a whole read. conversation about this. He can't read. Oh, but he can't read for for a an in-world reason because, well, you're not from this land and you came here as a teenager mm-hmm. and they speak a, and they write a different language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's assumed that we'll lead learned how to speak the language of Sha, but can't read it. Because mm-hmm. he's never needed to. Yeah. Plus, there's not a lot of schooling that's done for bandits. Exactly. So, it, it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, we'll maybe we'll work that into Walid's story with Shuang. But I think before we dive into the story, because we literally left before a combat encounter. Um, and Steve was like, I really want combat. I know. My wish was literally like, I want to fight something. And we're like, oh, sorry. COVID-19 was like, sorry, you can't anymore. Sorry, you can't. I was literally like, I had minis. I had terrain all ready to go. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't need to know that. Oh, now I'm even and more now, sad. And now we can't. But, I mean, there are some digital tools that we might be able to use for that in the future if we want. <laughs> um, like Tabletop Simulator or... Um, couple others that i'm now forgetting but tabletop simulator is like one of the big ones um but i don't want to get I, I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves um i want us to simply focus on what has happened so far in the story so this is episode eight of dungeons and the asians i was aiming for a 10 episode season uh who knows where we'll get by episode 10 hmm. um but up until this point, we've had a big mystery that needs to be solved. Uh, at the beginning of our story, a massive chunk of jade fell from the sky. 
fell from the sky court onto the town of Jingde, and it began transforming the earth and all things in its path into jade. Uh, one of the purest materials in the world of the kingdom of the mist, in the world of Xia. Um, our heroes, Dongfang, Walid, and La Ning, were sent from the capital of Chang'an to investigate this. They eventually learned that in order to destroy the sky drop, in order to stop the spread of this divine cleanse that actually threatens humanity and all mortals, you must locate what were known as the four nobles, which are four flowers. The golden chrysanthemum, the mountain orchid, the snow plum, and the oasis bamboo, which were scattered across you know, the emerald realms. The group decided to go for the golden chrysanthemum, which was located in the southern wood of Xia. And it was guarded by a creature known as the Shadow Marquis. Um, so I wrote a bit of a sort of a previously on Dungeons and Asians for all of you. It's in our OneNote. It's under the episode eight section. Uh, but I'll read it out for the listeners or viewers if we decide to do something with video on this on this uh, on this podcast. So the first thing you'll notice is that I said our heroes traveled south to the Shadewood. I decided to rename the Southern Wood the Shadewood um, because I thought the name was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so our heroes traveled to the southern to the Shadewood, a forest marking the most southern reaches of Shah's border, to retrieve the golden chrysanthemum, one of the four noble flowers. This sacred plant represents wisdom and contains immense power that may aid the heroes in sundering the skydroth, the large piece of jade. It was here that they discovered the remains of an imperial campsite, likely one of Master Chang's expeditions to locate, locate exotic woods for construction projects in the capital. Shuang, who is the assistant librarian to Panyan the historian in the capital, uh, recognized some edible berries at this site, but failed to recall their name. Despite this, Walid and the rest of the Emerald Standard soldiers under Commander Ning's control, enthusiastically began to consume them. The rest of the party, Ning and Dongfang, noticed that this campsite was not in a state of disrepair, but that a struggle took place here. Ning, with her you know, high perception and wisdom, noticed a decomposing hand growing out of the ground. And in its clawed grasp, were the same brilliant blue berries that Walid and the soldiers were eating. It was in that moment that Shuang recalled that this wonderful tasting fruit was known as death's delight and that they grow from corpses that lie dormant to the earth. So death's delight was also a name that I added after we recorded episode seven. I was like, that's a cool name yeah. as well. Uh, so I, I added death's delight as the name of the fruit. And it was during this like sort of shocking revelation that this shadowy beast emerged from the forest. Um, it was the size of a massive, massive dog. A dog actually about as big as the war horses that you were riding. Right? Instead of fur, it was covered in black flower petals, matte black flower petals, like those of a rose. 
and it had teeth that resembled different colors of wood, different kinds of wood. And it seemed drawn to Dongfang. In this encounter, there was a, a minor skirmish, and Walid heavily wounded the creature with his massive sword, his Dao, and revealing that inside its body, its inner workings, its muscle, its tissue, beyond those beautiful flower petals, its body was actually composed of corpses that hid beneath that beautiful hide. Um, Shuang, who has been very helpful, actually identified that that creature was the Shadow Marquis, the guardian of the Shadewood, who could take on many forms, though the dog is the most common. She also revealed to all of you that she's very skilled with weapons, having secretly practiced in the Grand Library, much like Walid did in episode six or five. I think it's five or six. And this is where we've kind of left off in Dungeons and Asians. There is one thing you missed, uh, which is in that moment, Walid fell even more head over heels for Chuang. <laughs> when yeah. she, she turned out to be like a badass action archaeologist or something. She's like a, yeah, an action archaeologist, an action scholar. Action scholar. Action scholar. Martial scholar. Um, who knows? But this is where we've kind of left off in the world of Dungeons and Asians. I just realized you're a martial scholar. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm a scholar anymore, though. Hey, I mean, you can you still know, be a scholar. Yeah, you like learning. Yeah. You like book I learning. Like, I like learning, but I feel like calling someone a scholar implies that they, you know, do work for an institution or something. Like uh, yeah, I know, I know it does, but I think I think you do. But anyway, that's I, I think <laughs> I think that even though we don't have a university of tabletop role playing games, the way that you approach like the Asians read stuff, uh, and the way that you sort of you know interested in the history and uh, the culture of tabletop role playing games, uh, makes I think it makes you a scholar. This is good pre-session buttering up. Well, it really is. Now I know who's not gonna, who isn't gonna die today. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I'm just kidding. Daniel, you I think what? you're a great scholar too. Uh, <laughs> do I get an inspiration? <laughs> not my character, me. Can I get an inspiration point? <laughs> mm, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know yet. Um, but yeah. I want to know what what is everybody doing at this point. The the soldiers are a bit startled. Uh, the... Before we oh, jump in, go ahead. Could we do lines and veils real quick? Yes. <laughs> every, literally it's, it's every just, single. It's just like we're back at the table. It's just like we're back at the table, Steve. I I and I say this every single time. I appreciate that you remind me that we have to do this. I appreciate uh, the space for it. This is important to me. Steve, okay. do you want to go over them? Absolutely. So for those who maybe. Uh, forget how we use these safety tools, but lines are things we've decided as a group that don't exist in the game. They never have existed. They'll never be part of the story. We never have to worry about them. Um, and our veils are things that could potentially be there, but it's never going to be the focus. Uh, it'll always be a fate to black type situation, or generally we just won't focus on those ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think I found in the one note, it's under session one. Correct. Um, so our lines are currently sexual assault and sexual coercion. Violence against children, slavery, and racism. Um, does anyone want to add, change, or remove any lines? And, and you know, if since we're doing this virtually, if you want to remove something and you want it to be private, you could always edit it in the OneNote, or you could DM me 
mm-hmm. um, or, or anybody in the group, if you feel more comfortable talking to that person, want to make sure we can do that and make sure that we can continue, uh, you know, honoring our lines and veils virtually. Same thing goes for like the X card and the O card that we, that we use at our table. Um, since we're playing virtually, we want to make sure that we're using them in our chat that we have open. Mm-hmm. Um, Agatha, do you want to explain the X and O card? Yeah, so the X card is um, virtually for us, how we're going to use it is that you basically uh, put your hand on the X card if it's a physical card, if any content comes up that you don't want to engage with in the game. And um, we would basically only ask questions to clarify what it is specifically that we, uh, whoever X carded it, doesn't want so you know if someone says a sentence then you can clarify what it is but otherwise we don't ask any more questions unless the person x-carding wants to go into why they're x-carding so we just remove it no questions asked Um, and then the o card is kind of like the opposite of it it's where you would um if content comes up that or tone or anything like a conversation that's going on between two characters is something that you are super into then you would put your hand on the o card and to just kind of be like a silent cheer um a like yes um and so i think for us if since we're doing this virtually now um we can do hand or arm gestures instead yeah, yeah. we could do that yeah. um we could type it into the chat i think whatever we all feel comfortable with if somebody types it into the chat and we don't notice it, then one of us can maybe bring that up or or anything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that someone mentioned, I, th- I don't remember who mentioned this, that I thought was very useful is that if you see one person doing like either X or, or well, I think it's specifically for X card. If you see someone like do, like crossing their arms in an X, then you do it with them. Then that way it will be much easier to notice. So if all of us are just going, yeah, then X everyone card. knows. Oh, okay, yeah, it's like a timeout moment, right? Yeah. So people do yeah. a timeout. <laughs> timeout, timeout, man. Yeah. Or like a, like an O, like an O. We'll figure. I think I think we'll do that. So we'll make sure. So if somebody's typing it in the chat or somebody's throwing up that that hand gesture or like that that O. Yeah. Um, I really like this. We'll we'll make sure <laughs> two hands. Yeah. Right yeah. in front of the. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of your face you could do the o yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah we'll we'll make sure that we continue to use those virtually mm-hmm. um so thank you steve once again for bringing that up i appreciate the important role you play as not only one of the amazing characters in this adventure but also a reminder um of you know that safety is very important to us and that it should be our priority awesome so with that being said, what are we doing? What what are our characters doing at the edge of the forest? I believe last time, Ning, you pulled me up, right? Because I was pinned by the Shadow Marquis. And yes. I'm like, I'm like not doing super well <laughs> hit point wise. <laughs> no, actually, I'm okay. But yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, I totally remember exactly that moment happening. Um, no, I think I think Ning would help Dongfeng up. He grab grab by the forearms, one of those. Yeah, I like that. Just like very like very soldier esque, very like 
get there it is soldier. badass kind of thing yeah <laughs> with like a rough like pat on the back <laughs> yeah <laughs> pat on the exoskeleton ning with like her rippling forearm you with your shrimp arm yes my shrimp arm <laughs> do, you, do you think even though dong fong is much taller than ning you think ning's got bigger forearms than dong fong 100 <laughs> percent. wow <laughs> you were you were right on that okay i'm in that's the fiction i'm in that's the fiction i think i mean dong fong in all the art we've seen is also kind of like thin but big and tall yeah, yeah I'm spindly. yeah and ning is just like commanding and has that that glare ning almost is everything cut. it's just See, you say that, but I, I'm picturing somewhere where, like, Dong Fung needs to, like, get really beefy and just, like, they just, like, flex and all the armor, like, in Fast and Furious, like, it all just comes off, the casts come off, and there's just muscle underneath. <laughs> uh, that might happen. We'll see. Is that, is that how shrimps work? <laughs> no, because I think if a shrimp's exoskeleton came off, they would die, die. Unless, they were, unless they were molting. I thought this was our shared fantasy. Does shrimp okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Molt? Sorry. I think any any organism with an exoskeleton has to molt in order to grow. Oh, I see. And that right? growing could it, just be flexing. Same and, thing. Yep. That's it. That's it in the fiction right there. We're going to have a... Whenever Dongfang levels up, it's just called flexing. And Dongfang sheds their exoskeleton right. so so they can get bigger. Yeah. And with every level up, Dongfang actually looks more swole. <laughs> I'm into it. Oh my god! It's in the fiction now. It's All part right. of the fiction now. All right. It's canon now. Yeah. And we have to eventually commit a, a a Dragon Ball Z style illustration of Dong Fong. Yeah. It's like powering up. Yeah. Every time Dong Fong levels up, they also like do some kind of extravagant flexing pose. And then when people charge, ask, you charge like, up. Yeah. When people ask, like, "Oh, uh, what are you doing?" Dong Fong would be like, "I'm flexing." I'm flexing. <laughs> I, I would love some like Toriyama style like art for us where like Dong Fong is like kind of like cell Ning kind of looks like I'm gonna say trunks I think that's the fiction that I have in my head Willie, okay yeah Willie I could see as like a Yamcha yep I was gonna say Hercule <laughs> could be yeah I was gonna say Hercule it's the beard <laughs> sorry we were playing Dungeons feel- Dragons right we're playing Dungeons <laughs> Dragons not the Dragon Ball, the RPG. Yeah, we're fanning out over. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So we we have like Ning helps Dong Fong up, get to their feet, pulls them up by the forearms. See all the soldiers kind of gather and collect them themselves. Um, Shuang kind of turns to you, Walid. This is impressive technique, Walid, as she's loading her crossbow. Uh, uh, he's speechless, just straight up speechless for a moment, and then he just kind of says very low, you, you too. Are you, are you okay, Waleed? Oh, yeah, that's great. Yep, uh, doing just fine. I actually didn't okay. take any damage in that last bite, fight, I think. No, you just looked really cool when you attacked it. You yep. did. I'm, I'm more out of breath from having seen this, like, extremely badass display. <laughs> And Shuang kind of looks at this. Command, Commander Ning, what, what should we do next? Uh, so Ning is focusing on Dongfang. So Ning kind of, in her kind of even, kind of almost cold tone, she says, are you hurt? How badly? Uh, I think uh, uh, some part, and I'm like kind of feeling my exoskeleton, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's like a little crack. It's fine. Okay, good. We can't lose it out here. This might be our only shot. Got it. And Shuang kind of 
turns to Ning and says, shall we rest or shall we proceed into the forest? There's no time. Shuang, do you know what exactly that thing was? What does it want? I mean, according to the legends, it's it's the guardian of the Shadewood. It's, we have never really explored beyond this point. This is the furthest south that I've been from Chang'an. And judging by, she she looks around and you see the camp. You see all the bodies. And the soldiers are, are have started to dig them out. Despite whatever you've told them, Ning. They decided to dig them out as if to give them a proper burial. She's like, it looks like nobody else has made it farther than this. Ning kind of like rolls her eyes, like just annoyed at all this dilly-dallying. She says, Wuli, Dongfang, we're going, we're chasing it. Shuang, stay here. <sighs> Make sure no one leaves. They have to stay together. Who knows what this thing might do? I am not having a pick off the men and the women. Uh, so am I in charge? <sighs> Panyan has never let me be in charge. I'd like to kind of... What? What's what's Shuang's like overall demeanor? Like obviously she's like quite taken aback by this. She's but... taken. She she's very capable, mm-hmm. um, but she's used to following Panyan's orders. She has spent most of her life living and working in the library. Yeah, I I kind of got this feel that she's kind of like dorky and ditzy, but like once pressure is applied, like she could she, do it. She can do it. I feel like that's what Ning's read on this is. Ning has like a good sense of general insight into people's uh that's 100 percent it yeah so i think ning kind of like puts a hand on her shoulder and she squeezes and says by my order you're in command no one leaves you stick together no one goes into the forest until we return she kind of go ahead amar what were you no sorry go ahead she she kind of she 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 pauses for a moment says okay she kneels down, takes off her backpack, puts her big monster manual, her bestiary, her biology book, The Flora and Fauna of Xia, sticks it in there, pulls out another book, a smaller one, The Art of Leadership. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. She opens it up and she goes, okay. And then she starts barking orders to all of the soldiers. Her tone completely changes. <laughs> Nice. She, she gets them all to. She says, establish a perimeter. You, you're going to dig the bodies. We're going to set up a funeral pyre over here. You, in charge of offerings. You, stop eating the dead man's berries. <laughs> and she immediately takes control of the situation. Awesome. The soldiers themselves are very taken aback. And one of them even turns to you, Ning, and says, are we supposed to follow her order? And they, like, speak that to Ning? Yeah, well, it, it, with their eyes, with their look. Because you didn't leave one of them in charge, and she is not a member of the Emerald Standard. Yep, yep. Ning stares daggers at the insolence of that. It kind of looks as if... Okay. <laughs> and it gets right to work. Uh, can I say that in the background of this, uh, you could see Valid, uh, like slowly walking towards 
uh, Ning's horse, like, surreptitiously, and, like, throws, uh, like, a sweet treat or something like that into the horse's mouth and then mounts Ning's horse and starts getting ready to ride away. She starts getting ready to ride away. You hear the sound of the... (laughs) of Ning's horse. Um, As Waleed mounts it, and you actually see this moment, Waleed looks very heroic as Waleed mounts the horse. The horse is actually rearing back. Um... And there's this moment when Waleed's like, let's go. <laughs> First of all, great horse sound effect. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> super immersed. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, Ning it doesn't have time for this. She just bounced another horse, whatever. This I assume this forest is dense, but not so dense we can't use horses. I thought could last use a horse time. Here. Oh, I thought last well, it's, time it's we very... had to keep the horses there. Like we couldn't go further? I mean, you could go, th- I mean, your entire, and now that you're completely splitting up the party, I mean, you as PCs and the rest of the NPCs, you might be able to slowly guide your horses through here, but um, it might be more efficient to go on foot. Yeah, I like that, because Ning is like, Waleed, we're not taking horses. That's stupid. But, 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 oh, You can fine. see Waleed actually trying to squeeze the horse through the trees, <laughs> and it's working. But slowly, and frankly, person would be faster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like for a moment he tries using his dao to like cut back some of the. Is there like bush there? Uh, it's mostly just really. It's a temperate forest. Okay, so yeah. After a minute, he goes, "Okay, fine," and he gets off uh, and like urges it to go back to the camp. The horse kind of trots back to the camp uh, and then repositions itself with the rest of the horses. These horses are very disciplined. Hmm. Oh man, better be it's my horse. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, so did the did the um, guardian, the shadow marquee, did it leave an obvious trail? Or are we looking for like clues now? Uh, Steve, you're always asking to roll dice. So would you like to roll dice? I would love <laughs> to roll some dice. Uh, why don't you give me a perception roll? Yeah. 15 total. 15 total. Um, you see what looks to be a trail leading into the forest. A trail of not quite blood, but chunks of flesh and flower petals leading deep into the forest. Does this smell like anything? Yeah, does it smell like rotting corpse? This is really funny because I asked the exact same question last session. I was like, what does it smell like? It, the, the, its outer hide smells like flowers. It's beautiful. But the inside smells awful. It's almost like the way I visual the, the way I imagine the shadow marquee is it's literally a representation of nature. On the outside, nature can look very, very beautiful, but underneath the soil, there are a lot of dark secrets mm. and things unknown to the scholars of Xia, and that's what's inside the shadow marquee. Well, it's really all the people who came to the Shadewood seeking its secrets. So you definitely find a grisly. Uh, yet strangely beautiful trail leading into the forest. I think Ning, without saying anything, points to like the evidence of the trail and whatnot, just to kind of like make it obvious. Then Ning uh, begins to quickly move, not run ahead, but like quickly move through the forest. Uh, it's It seems like it's wounded, right? So maybe we can catch up to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like uh, the higher a survival check, the more efficient you'll be in tracking it. 
I don't. Does anybody have survival? I don't. Oh. Ooh, I have survival. A lot of survival. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, this is so, sweet. Ning's is like, Willie, no, follow that. And Willie's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. That's 16 total. Woo. So, Waleed, you are, I mean, you've you've learned how to survive in the wild. Mm-hmm. You've also learned how to survive in you know urban environments because you are a bandit. Uh, there have been times when you've had to lay low and live off of the landscape. Uh, and you effortlessly track your way through mm-hmm. the shade wood. I don't even rip any of the nice new, was it silk clothing? Yeah, the, the silk clothing you're wearing underneath your like, really, really <laughs> horrible armor. Yeah, like really yeah. old beat up bandit armor. <laughs> and you make your way through the shade wood and perhaps after like 30 minutes of walking, you realize why it was a bad, it would have been a bad idea to take the horses in because the forest becomes incredibly dense. Bushes of brambles, so like prickly bushes, kind of dot the spaces in between these thick, thick trees. You can't even tell what color the trees are since there is so much darkness here. Only some light breaches the the canopy, breaches the treetop. Uh, Do any of you have torches or dark vision or even low light vision? Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty, pretty standard human. Yeah, you're a human. I remember um, this. Ning does not because Waganasi do not have dark vision, and I think that's dumb. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like creatures that live in water should all have low light vision at least. Or, yeah, and dark vision if they live in deep water. Yeah. Um. So I think Dongfang would have some form of dark vision because Dongfang is a shrimp. That's <laughs> true. It's <a> true story. <laughs> true story. That's canon. Um. Duffel, you're able to navigate through the dark, but as you get maybe 30 minutes in, Wally, you're starting to lose the trail, mm-hmm. but only because you're having a harder and harder time noticing the signs of this beast moving through the forest. Mm-hmm. Is now, it- you could light a torch. Oh. Um, you could have Dung Fung take the lead. Uh but you you know how to find this thing, Willie. Yeah. So so or how what does that look like, Willie? That you like kind of foundering. Um, I think I sort of yeah, I've been kind of like stopping every so often to inspect uh, you know signs of passage and inspect pieces left behind throughout this entire journey. Um, and you notice that more and more frequently I'm stopping, looking around in every direction, not like in early on, I was like, okay, oh, there's the next, uh, bit, there's the next bit, there's the next bit. And kind of picked my way pretty shortly through this, um, thing, but like, it's sort of getting much slower. It's getting much more like you can see me looking in every direction, looking for the next sign, um, and so forth. That said, um, I don't know what the what the relevant uh, skill here is. Is there some way of figuring out if this thing is going towards a direction? Like, is it going uphill, downhill? Pat? Like, is it following a river? I mean, with your success, you would already know okay. that this thing seems to be traveling uphill. Okay. Mm. So, so if I, you I, were, yeah, oh, sorry. so if you were to tell me that, would I be able to lead us in that direction? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, you could also, Waleed, you could simply just light a torch. Yeah, I mean... But that, that has its own drawbacks. Yeah. Um, 
so I think maybe Dong Fong would would come up um, as as you know you see me looking around and they would say yeah something I put like, I think I have like a hand on your shoulder and I'm like looking at where you're looking. Willie, what are you looking for? A sign, any any kind of a sign where this thing went next. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's some flower there's, petals. I, I see some flower petals uh, in this direction, and I like take uh, your arm and kind of or your elbow and like kind of like move your hand so that it's like pointing in the right direction uh the well he turns to Dung Fung and goes wait wait you can see in here yeah oh amazing okay well you you lead the way uh point point to the next spot and so i'll go there investigate a bit um, and be like, yes, this was clearly a sign from this creature's passing. And then sort of you point the next thing. Maybe we can sort of tag team this. Okay. Yeah. I... Great. Teamwork. So you... Teamwork. So you begin to make your way uphill and through the forest. This is a, a very um, jagged landscape. The trees are, it's almost as though this entire forest has begun growing up the side of a mountain range. As you make, you continue to make your way south, as you continue to ascend the landscape, uh, the tree line kind of, the canopy opens up a bit, revealing more of the landscape. And I think that Dung Feng is the first to notice this. But you begin to notice that the area where you're walking, the area that Walid has, is leading you through, and the area that Walid is tracking, these little pools seem to be opening up in the rocky parts of the landscape. And it looks as though there are these perfectly round concave openings in the stone that dots this landscape around the trees. Is it like in the earth or like in the stone? So imagine... Do you ever see like, um, like a, like a, any like, and so the, the forests of BC where they have the big redwoods, there are parts of the forest where trees have actually grown over stone, like the roots have. Yeah. Um, anywhere where you see stone in this landscape near the trees, you also see these little, they look to be natural bowls that have been carved into the stone. So they appear to be carved. They are very, very smooth. Um, I roll masonry. Uh, you roll masonry. <laughs> you can roll nat- You can roll some sort of nature, but you you've never seen anything like this. So uh, it might even be logical for Walid to think that this is some sort of masonry. Mm, yeah, okay. I mean, I pause and I'm like, "Wow, look at that!" What? And is there is there like water in it or something, or is it just uh, do you want- empty? Yeah, so you, you take a closer look, Zong Fong, and bloop, this little drip from above Whoa. into this stone basin, essentially. And you go bloop. I- As if somebody poured out like a small cup of water into the bowl. As you kind of lean in, you hear a sound, you hear as the stone begins to melt oh. underneath this liquid. 
Um, it seems to be dissolving the stone. Right. Boss, so uh, we got some kind of um, acid rain situation. Who are you, are you talking to Ning? Yeah. Yeah. So Ning is a water ganasi. So she tries to use her shape water cantrip, which she has innately. Mm-hmm. Does she have any like agency over this liquid? Yes. Okay. Seems to be naturally occurring. Okay. Um, and in so- fact, Dongfeng, when you look up, you notice that there are these irregular shapes in the trees above you. These big birds with deep purple and green feathers are sitting very quietly on the branches all around you up above. One of them defecates from its position onto the stones. You hear the sound of the stone dissolving. These birds have long necks, almost like a goose, but they end in a head with a curved beak like that of an eagle. In the light, Dongfeng, you can kind of tell that they have this beautiful copper-red beak. And they sit there almost like regally. They don't seem to have noticed you yet. <laughs> Acidic bird poop? Oh, God. Yep, yeah, I, I kind of like put up a hand to be like, ooh, let's be quiet. Um, and then I point up you point up and then you draw everyone's eyes to these birds indeed I do I think that's that's clear enough even like the shadows in the this very low light I think Ning kind of like kind of crouches down a little bit and just begins to slowly creep forward no longer at the same pace can everybody roll stealth yeah, I was going to say. Now, if anybody wants to know what these are, you could also roll nature. They're birds. Done. 19 on They're stealth. They're birds. <laughs> Done. 19 on stealth. Doesn't matter. Let's go. 10 on uh, stealth. 10. Okay. Amar? Uh, I rolled 17 on stealth and 5 on nature. <laughs> Wait, I want to roleplay that too. <laughs> Intelligence. Ah, yes. Uh, Six (laughs) on nature. Nice. Nice. We did it. We did it, team. (laughs) So as you begin walking, well, it's kind of like, those are birds. (laughs) Tao Fong, you're like, yeah. True that. (laughs) True that. (laughs) And Ning's already like, gone. Uh, As you're walking in, perhaps Walid and Dong Fong are having a conversation about these birds. (laughs) You hear like a snap sound as Dongfeng, you step on a fallen branch. Oh, Walid. Now, I'm going to roll to see if they notice you. Oh, no. Oh, snap. I'm sorry that you were having this conversation with me because you could have been undiscovered. Eh. So there was a 20% chance that they would have noticed you. And I rolled a 19. Cool. Cool. So you step on that branch. 
all their heads turn. Oh my gosh. To face you, this giant shrimp walking through the forest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this this giant shrimp walking through the forest. Yeah, I'm and like they... half hidden behind a a bush. Well, you have your big shrimp head kind yeah. of sticking out of the brambles. Completely, completely. <laughs> it turns out hit it, you can be hiding behind something, but if something is above you, it'll just see you. <laughs> yeah, turns out bird's eye view. It's a it's a challenge. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, and they let out this sharp metallic cry that echoes throughout the entire shade. Wood. they scream in unison? And with a flap of their wings, they take off, raining these like poop purple green feathers all over you. Oh, <laughs> that's better. It's the better than poop, kind of, yeah. yeah, it's better than pooping. And the screams echo through the forest. Well, that's there's a good. moment of silence. Then you hear like a roar. It's hard to tell where it's coming from, but you hear this incredible roar. Uh, yeah, I unshoulder my guantel. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's go. You, do you try to slice out the falling feathers? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I do sneeze, but I. Like, uh, I wonder how like I feel like when Dongfang like sneezes do you think like Dongfang's like gills or exoskeleton vibrates yeah the, all of the the little, th- little thingies whiskers antenna oh thank you antenna on my head like they all stand up <laughs> like I've been electrified and then they <laughs> fall back down it's amazing has anybody here seen the tick tv show from the 40 the 90s the i have it on dvd oh <laughs> i love it but in it he does that happens to him a lot it's like a tennis stand straight up so that's what yep. i'm thinking this is i think so, i think ning like immediately takes that kind of like a moment to just like say everyone back to back and just quickly like makes it back over to the crew yeah what's everyone's passive wisdom Passive perception or wisdom? Well, passive perception, yeah. 11. Uh, 17. Whoa. 16. Can't get nothing by... Oh, sorry, no. Uh, passive perception is 13. Passive okay. insight is 17. Okay. So, oh, yours is yours is 16, right? Yeah. Okay. So, as Wait, you no. stand back... Sorry, I've been reading the wrong thing. Uh... I was like, how he got 16? Yeah, I was just adding three to So if to you look wisdom. below your skill, if you look below your skills section, it says it's, it's passive 13. perception. I apologize. Okay. I didn't mean to be that, that guy. That's okay. <laughs> hey, hey. We're learning. We're learning. It's it's this yeah. is this is how it works. So it's 13. Uh, so you're standing back to back with one another. Uh, Ning, do you draw weapons? I know that um, Dongfang already has their Guan Dao out. I think what Ning is doing is still like together. Ning has slung off her backpack and has been like rummaging around. She's looking for like a lantern, an oil, and like her tinderbox. Yep. How about Walid? Uh, yeah, Walid gets. Um, I think actually he gets his new out, his crossbow. Nice. Oh, nice. And that's a no, cheap- way to use way to use the Chinese word too. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna improve the pronunciation over time. <laughs> no, it sounded exactly right. That was good. Oh, that was okay, perfect. Cool. So you pull out your crossbow, you load it, 
Maybe maybe you were inspired by Schwong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a nice crossbow. Um, and all around you, you hear the sounds of like <sighs> gusts of wind all around you. <sighs> you hear them above you, next to you. You can feel the ground shake. And Ning, as you begin, you strike your tinderbox and light your lantern. You raise it above you. You look right in front of you and you see the growling face of the Shadow Marquis. Yeah! Right in front of you. And it opens its mouth. And you see deep inside its mouth, faces. It's made of people, remember? Oh. Opens up its mouth right in front of you. It smells like putrid flesh. Oh, I'm going to get this thing a breath mint. <laughs> Steve, you're muted. The, the the difficulties of remote <laughs> just keeping yeah, us I know, right? <laughs> um, I think I think this is intense. I think Ning, despite all of her calmness and coolness, I think this is a moment of like absolute terror, and I think she just screams in horror. Just it it's too much. It's too startling, and she screams at the top of her lungs. Yeah, I, I I love that because it's almost like Ning is usually so like composed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this is the first time we've seen Ning really break. Yeah, Ex- except for when you know the Empress is around. That was a that was a different kind of. But that's a different softening. kind. That's a different kind of softness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you let out this cry. Ed, can I get everyone to please roll initiative? Yeah, combat. Uh, Which became true. Yeah. How do you? Okay, so decks. Amar, you're gonna look at your character sheet. It's gonna be your dex. Yeah. Um, the dex modifier, I take it. Correct. Okay. Seven. What do we get? Seven. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Solid. Solid. Eight. <laughs> it's like your dice rolls are also in character. It's like Steve, eighteen. Or it's, I guess Ning, 18, Dong Fung and Wally doing something else. <laughs> bird, man. Bird. Bird. Did you see those birds? Watch out. I know them to be birds. Uh, well, you're lucky because Daniel gets a two. Ooh. Yes. So um, I'll, um, I'll post our initiative uh, in our chat as well as on our OneNote. Um, Steve, you are first. Despite being caught off guard and screaming at the top of your lungs, you react first. I'd first like to know why you, re- how you react first, um, so and then what you want to do. The faces that are inside the creature's like body. Do they? What do they look like? Are they just like people I don't recognize? Are they like neutral expression? Do they scream back? No, they literally look like. Um, so as the Shadow Marquis' mouth opens, you see the inside of its mouth and throat are lined with faces. Ooh. And they look like they're crying out in agony. And that perhaps its roar is actually a collection of all of their screams. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah. I love it so and I, I hate it. So I think <laughs> Ning, with like that lantern above, seeing this, the, the reaction is that scream and just like defensive and she takes the lantern and just swipes it at the creature. Yeah. So you're going to, let's, let's roll. Um, let's see, roll an attack using strength. Okay. Um, 
Do you think you'd be proficient with swinging a lantern? Would it be mm-hmm. akin to another weapon? I don't think so. I don't think so. So let's just roll with your strength. I'm rolling really well. 16 total. That's going to be a hit. So you swing your lantern at this creature. Um, can you roll me? Uh, I'm going to roll it. Okay. Um, can you roll me a, um, a 1d6, please? Yeah. So two and she has no strength modifier. Okay. So you swing your lantern as if by like reflex at this massive, now terrifying creature. It's even scarier seeing it up close than, you, than even when you saw it in broad daylight at the tree line. Um, you swing, you smash your lantern against this creature and it bursts into flames, at least on the side of its head where you've hit it. And it staggers back and you notice that the petals begin to like fall from its face. Revealing, you know, flesh underneath. And it growls at you. As these petals begin to grow over the flesh once more. For some reason, this really reminds me of... Do you remember that Jet Li movie, Hero? (laughs) I love it. Yeah, totally. What's what's scene in it? Uh, Well, there's that... I think it was the red scene that's all flowers in a forest and stuff. Mm. So mm-hmm. unintentional, but I do love that scene. Yeah, right. It's a great. Movie. I love that movie. The the scene with Donnie Yen and Jet Li when they fight in the rain. That's yes, that was bloody. Donnie Yen. You're oh. right. Yeah. See, Steve and I brought that up when we during our Oriental Adventures reads because in the in both editions of Oriental Adventures there are rules for psychic duels when you literally walk into the street and you look at somebody and they're like oh fuck and then they run away (laughs) (laughs) and and the rule is so bad but the more culturally appropriate way to do it is exactly how they did it in hero that was so cool yeah all right anyways amara it's your turn what is waleed doing i should rewatch that on the cinema um so waleed is Uh, I, I was thinking that maybe Walid got a few steps ahead of uh, Dong Feng. So I don't know. You, you tell me if this is appropriate or not. Um, but so I'm actually behind the creature, uh, which means I have sort of um, not capital A advantage. I just mean like a tactical advantage. Um, and I'm just going to like fire my crossbow into the, the creature. Roughly, yeah, perhaps. Or not. Since... Uh, Ning ordered all of you to get back to back as Walid was trying to regroup with Ning. Ning came into contact with this creature. Now, since Walid doesn't have, didn't have dark vision, perhaps you didn't even see it in the first place. And once Ning struck the creature with her lantern, yep. you saw an opening. You saw this massive animal shape in front of you. you just click, fire your crossbow. Yep. So give it a roll. Uh, okay, so that's... Dex plus two, I think. Correct, yeah, because you're proficient with the new. Oh, whoa, unnatural 20. Whoa! Okay, nice. And I roll a d10 for damage, which I should have done at the same time, but... That's totally okay. Uh, You actually roll it twice. Oh, I do, okay. Because it's a a crit, and then you're going to add your dex. Okay, cool, because I got two plus three, which is five, uh, plus dex is zero. Okay, so you fire your crossbow at this creature. Actually, strikes it right um, at basically its knee, mm. and you hear bone break. Ooh. Crossbows are very strong. You hear bone break, and it kind of staggers the creature. Next turn, it's not going to get a move action. Um, uh, Dong Feng, what are you going to do? I, 
I guess I will also... Now that I... I, I don't know how I'm positioned. I'm, I must be beside Ning and then we'll lead fires and I just like swing my Guandao like <laughs> over my head. And hopefully yeah, you perhaps you didn't see it because you were looking in the opposite direction since you got back to back with Ning right. and Walid was behind. Right. Since Walid can't really see in the dark. Right. Yeah, that's true. Can this thing talk canonically? Uh, you haven't tried. Yeah. Yeah, I tried speaking to it uh, with a window in my hand, and it apparently yeah. didn't want to listen to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, when you approach, you know, a, a strange animal with a weapon in hand. Okay, got it. I thought I looked threatening. Okay, I'm going to roll. Ooh. A giant shrimp with a giant spear. Okay, uh, so how does this work again? I rolled a d20. So what'd you get? I got 16. Yep. And then your attack bonus for your Gwendao. So when you look at your character sheet on the weapon side, you'll see a little plus something next to the Gwandao. Uh It will equal your strength plus your dexterity. My strength plus my dexterity. So that's two. Uh, sorry, not your strength. What? Sorry, your strength plus your proficiency. I'm looking at it right now and it says plus four. Oh. Because your strength is plus two and your proficiency bonus is plus two. Oh. So those two oh, combined see. equals your attack bonus with the weapon you're trained in. Right. So, so you add four 20. to that. That's a hit. So Gross. the Guandao does 2d6 plus two damage. Okay. So a, this is a big amount of damage. The Guandao is a heavy hitting weapon. Yes. I mean, it's, a, it's one of those scary historical Chinese weapons that you can't imagine regular people using in battle. Really? I mean, how, oh, how it's, long it, was it? It's like, it's like taller you than could, a person. Yeah, and you could use it from like horseback. It, um, it's a spear, right. but instead of a pointy end, it's got a big curved blade at the end. Right. So it's po- perfect for like chopping off heads and or limbs, and also yeah. like hitting the enemy's horses. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's two uh, d six plus two. Yeah, so that uh, it's five and a six, eleven plus two. Ooh, thirteen damage. Yes. Oh, oh. You bring your Guandao down upon the Shadow Marquis yeah. and you actually slice open its 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 hind. Um, once again, you see like flesh dropping out of its body along with flower petals. Yeah. Um, the creature kind of turns. Um, it eyes you, Ning, as it's the petals regrow over its face. It roars, and this time you hear the roar for what it really is, a collective cry of all those who have been killed by the guardian of the forest. And it raises its claws, and it strikes you with its claw attack. Oh, boy. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, 2023 hits you. Oof. Just barely. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> Steve, you're going to take... Nine damage. Oh my You're lucky to, gosh. As it slashes Ning with its claws. And whereas like a normal big cat or big dog attack might just like like cut open your armor, this one throws you across the forest. Yeah. And you slam into a tree 15 Ugh. feet from you. Yo. Okay. And this thing turns to face you, Dongfang. Yo. And, and Dongfang, you notice something. You notice something in this in this moment as it turns and it kind of opens its mouth 
You don't hear any sounds around you. You don't hear the sounds of Walid frantically reloading the crossbow. You don't hear the sounds of it growling, the cries coming from within it. You don't hear the sounds of Ning kind of like steadying herself as she's just been like knocked 15 feet away. You don't hear anything, but you see something. Deep within the Shadow Marquis' maw, you see a golden glow. And then in an instant, you snap back to reality. Snap back to what's happening. And then you hear the sounds. It all catches up to you in an instant. I see. And I think it's... Uh, Steve, it's, uh, it's actually uh, Steve's turn. So I just went. We're back at the top of our initiative. Ah. And it's now uh, Nig's turn. You've just been flung uh, up against a tree. Yeah. Almost like you've been like in an anime in a fight scene. Even knocked against this is really like a Naruto fight, and I'm so into it. This is this is how I like to do D and D combat. I like it to be dramatic. Yeah, I think there's like that that moment, like the anime style, where the camera is directly in the character's eyes. You see like the blood dripping down on the ground, yeah. and then as the as it pulls out, like you can see it's coming from like the edge of the mouth or something like that. Oh yeah. So so Ning stands up and and she looks like kind of scared for like a split second. But as she pulls out that vial of water, Josha's edge, and the blade like extends out, I think there's like a moment of just like steely coldness in her eyes. You haven't used this weapon yet. This is the first time you've drawn it to use it in combat. Yep. So she draws the first one, which I believe, does it glow? It does glow. It does glow. <laughs> so it illuminates the area. And as she closes the distance, because uh, it's only 15 feet, because she can stand and run it, yep. um, she pulls the second, the sister blade to it. As you're running. Yep. Cool. And she attacks uh, with the first one. Yeah. Give it a roll. Yeah. Uh, so not great, but that is a... Oh, it's a plus one weapon. So 13. That it will hit. Oh, okay. So it's a short sword at Jung. So it does yep. uh, 1d6. Correct. So that's that much. And then it's a sneak attack because... It just so happens that there's a, a Guangdao. There's, <laughs> there's a Guangdao inside its body. Yeah. And it's facing Dongfang, correct. You have advantage as well if you want to reroll again. Uh, do I get advantage? I think... Well, you get you get an advantage. Um, you get sneak attack if you ever attack with advantage. And you are technically flanking it. Okay. Because so, it thinks you're out of the picture. So roll that d20 again. And let's see if you get a crit. Yeah. No such luck, but it's better. No such luck. Okay, uh, but then we get a sneak attack, so 1d6, which I get a 6. So in total, 10 damage from the first attack. Oh, okay, roll your second one. So even better, but no crit. Okay, roll uh, your damage again. So this one doesn't have a sneak attack because those are the rules, but it is an extra 5 damage. 6 extra damage. Extra 5 damage. Because it's magic. 6 damage. 6 damage, okay. So you just did 16 damage to this thing. Oof. Yep. Yo. So... What does that As look you, like, though? Steve, you tell me. What does this look like? So I'm going to tell you that you've just done a significant amount of damage to it, and it is grievously wounded. Mm -hmm. So I think kind of like the, the camera has shown Ning get up and like begin to close the distance, and instead it goes back to the front of the creature because that's where, that's, that's where we put our budget. We really want to see the front of it because it looks so cool. That's our CG budget right there. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of like poses and looks like an attack again to Dongfang. And the camera kind of shifts up and you see Ning up in the air, just kind of like, while it's unawares, use the momentum and the jump to just dig one blade into it. 
And as she's using that to kind of steady herself, the second one just comes up and clamors in and just dies in for a second attack. Before yeah. she's like thrown off, kind of the, the blades, the water of the blades mixing with whatever blood or ichor from this creature. Yeah, and Steve, as you, as Ding flips off of it, you land, perhaps with like swords crossed like this. Um, your glowing blue blades are actually glowing crimson red. Oh. What? Walid, it's your turn. Uh,. I think Walid <laughs> looks at the massive amount of damage that Ning just did, looks down at his, like, plinky <laughs> little crossbow, and it, it just, like, throws it back. So I don't know how the, it works mechanically, but is it my maneuver to take out the sword? I'm going to bring it I right don't, down. I honestly don't care as long as you sound and look dope. <laughs> okay, so what I'd like to do is um, tr- kind of try to one-up Ning. <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously not going to be possible, as we know at the table. But you know, whatever he's like, yeah, this is crap. Uh, he's going to uh, pull out his dao, raise it high above his head, ru- charge at the at the creature, uh, but jump off of a nearby tree or rock to try to come down on it from above. Just, <gasps> yeah. So you're going to both aerial attacks, basically. Parkour. Almost like when uh, Ning comes in, jumps off uh, while leads already in the air with another strike. Yep. Let's see if you hit. Trying Let's to see if you hit. one up Ning. Totally not going to happen. Let's see if I even hit, which I do not. <laughs> got a six. Well, I got a six. <laughs> you you hear like um, steel hit stone as oh, the great as the impact of that actually vibrates through your arms. Will lead. <laughs> your sword is shaking. Exactly. So like a cartoon. It's like it's shaking and it's my arm starts shaking with it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dong Fong, it's your turn. Uh, now, I'll have it known that, like, none of you see this glow. Only Dong Fong. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think I'm... Wow. So, I see Boss uh, executing a cool move. I don't think I necessarily notice what w- Walid was trying to do. Um, because <laughs> I'm looking so... I'm, like, focused in combat, right? So... If if Willie doesn't hit, then I don't think I'd ne- necessarily notice it. And I'm just shouting, "Get the glowing thing! It's in its stomach!" Uh, as I like, like rip my Guandao out of uh, the <laughs> its body, and then just like heft it up for another swing. Yeah, roll your attacks. You draw it through its body, spin it around, maybe just like a like an upward slash. Yeah. Gotta get that momentum. Okay, I'm gonna roll on the table this time because I'm kind of jealous of everyone's uh, dice rolling sounds. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a, there's like this is like ASMR yeah. every episode. We have a little bit of that. Okay, so I rolled sixteen plus four plus four. Okay, so that's twenty. That's that's a hit. That's a hit. Okay, that's a hit. And what, you're gonna roll two d six plus two. Okay. One. Three, so four plus two, six. Six damage. So you draw your Guandao through the Shadow Marquee and you rise up again to slash it. Tell the group how you kill this thing. <gasps> um, uh, okay, so, so I made a, a slash in its flank. Is that what you said? Or... Uh, yeah, right in its hind, its flank. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then it like, and it got like two tears on its 
like on top of his back. So I think um, what Steve said was that Ning actually impaled it. Oh, I see. With the swords. Okay. Yeah. So I think my my second slash is like I I spin around and then I go in through the same path that I did before and Mm -hmm. I just like pull it up even further so that it goes it reaches all the way to the top of its body and then it Mm -hmm. just kind of like bursts open I guess yeah so you cut it uh, with like such force that all of those purple green feathers that were on the on the ground Fly up in the air all around you. Oh, nice! This is so. And you're holding your. <laughs> you're holding your guandao in the air as these feathers fall all around you, and the shadow marquee falls to the ground in two pieces, cut right in half. And is there a glowing thing? And. As you kind of lower your guandao and take a look, you see that all of the petals that cover its body begin to open up and fall off as if it was, you know, just out of bloom. And its body begins to fall apart. Inside it, you can see all of these different body parts of different ancestries, all of the victims of the Shadow Marquis. No animals, only humanoids. When, you know, as this continues to fall apart, it's literally this massive creature is falling apart right in front of your eyes. You see lying there. You see the very gaunt skeletal corpse of a human wearing ancient robes of a style that you have never seen before. And in their hand, they seem to be clutching a golden flower. It, was that the glowing thing that they it, 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 this, it is glowing and it is now everyone is able to see this. So inside, at the core of the Shadow Marquee is a human with ancient ropes holding this flower. Mm. I think Walid would sort of jump in and try to stab some of the disappearing petals. Be like, die, die, die. Yeah, and they're not disappearing. They're just kind of falling to the ground. Yeah, just just like swiping ineffectually at them as if trying to cut leaves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, for sure. Yeah, that's it. You're over. Walid, Walid, you, you did something. I mean, you, you were the one who did a ton of damage to it to begin with in the last sure. episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, is it? I, I guess I kind of start walking forward, and I don't know if I necessarily pay a lot of attention to the body parts that are through. So I think I'm just kind of like stepping, on walking them. in the gore. Yeah, and I want to know, like, is there a way f- for me to see if I recognize the style of clothing? You could roll history. History, like, okay. And then also tell me how old is Dongfang? How old is how long has Dongfang been on in Xia? Um, Three thousand years. <laughs> I think maybe a century. Okay. Yeah. Hundo years. This is. You this, don't look a day over ninety nine years. 
Thank you. I know, right? This is, <laughs> today is my 101st birthday. Your, your buttering up game is on point today. I like, know. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So so do you have the... Oh, I, I also have your character sheet. Do you have the history skill? I do not. Uh, so you don't have the history skill, okay. but you can roll with intelligence, which is minus one. Yes. However, since Dongfeng would have been alive at the same time as this person, or you might recognize these clothings. I'll give you advantage on that roll. Okay, so I get to roll twice, right? That's correct. Okay. And you minus one from each roll. Okay. So oh, the dice sound. That's a seventeen. That's a five. So seventeen. Okay. Uh, with the minus one. Yeah, it was eighteen and okay. six. You recognize this style of fashion, and it has not been in vogue since the previous age. Since the time that the four nobles walked the earth. Is it... Can I tell what class it is it belongs to? Uh, this person is... Oh, oh, the social class. Yes, sorry. High, high no... High, <laughs> what class? It's a fighter? No. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> or an oriental adventure, they would say, oh, it's a bushy. <laughs> an oriental fighter. An oriental bar. Uh. There's literally an oriental barbarian. It's the worst thing ever. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. High nobility. Ah. Okay. Um, Wait. This isn't one of the four nobles, is it? <laughs> does Walid say that or is Amar saying I, that? Amar is saying that. I should. And Daniel is saying that it is. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh really? But well, Walid. So they've the four nobles were. So does that mean that Dongfeng was alive when the four nobles walked the earth? Or at least the fashion at the time would have been around the same. Because when, during our game of microscope, we established that the four nobles walking the earth was one age, mm -hmm. and then following that in the new age, the current age, the return of the four perils. Mm -hmm. um, that actually begins with the coronation of Josha. Okay. Right. So. Right. That means that Dongfeng, being over a century old, would have been alive at the time of the Four Nobles. Yo, whoa! I didn't realize that. I, I or didn't. whether well, that's that's based on if you go to the, our 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 show bible, yeah, yeah, um, and you go to the episode six, yeah. tab, you'll actually see that um, the Four Nobles walking the earth are temporally very close to the return of the Four Perils. Yo, I didn't realize that. I accidentally added a lot of backstory. To accidentally, no, on purpose. Accidentally, on purpose. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, and also, we, that's the entire history of the kingdom of Sha for now. Oof. And, and this, and this is the flower that we were supposed to get, right, or whatever. Tis the golden chrysanthemum. Yeah, the golden chrysanthemum. Okay, I'm gonna pick it up <laughs> or pry it out of this person's hand or the skeleton's hand. It's can. still alive, right? That person? No, is that person is dead. Oh, okay. It's a skeleton of a person. Yeah. It's like a like, like a, a super desiccated old. corpse, right? Like a mummy, yeah. Like a mummy. Ah, okay, okay. Like a, like a natural mummy, right? You pull the flower out of the um, out of the person's hands, and as you hold it up, it begins to glow, and it begins to burn. Ow! 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 I, I like toss it between both hands. <laughs> you toss it between both hands, and whoosh, it falls to the ground and shatters. Uh, whoops! It shatters onto the ground, and you see sparks 
fly up in the air as this chrysanthemum, because you know a chrysanthemum has lots of petals, yeah. mm-hmm. um, shatters into you know, 30, 20, 30 pieces. And these pieces begin to rise up into the air. They surround you, Dongfeng. Uh, I take a step back. And they follow you. <laughs> okay. Almost like the wind has caught them and they are following you. And then they engulf your body. They seep into your body through all of the cracks in your exoskeleton. Right. Uh, I would like my eyes to meet Waleed's at this moment. And I just look freaked out. <laughs> yeah, what did Waleed and Ning, what are you both doing? I think Ning is like taking a knee. That was a grievous, not a grievous, but a pretty bad wound. Yeah, that's true. And one of her shoulders is like in a lot of pain and it's not sitting 100% right. Ooh. So she's just kind of like watching the whole situation here. Kind of like not sure how to react, but like kind of at the ready. Uh, I think yeah. Walid would, would sort of run in and try to brush them away like they're flies or something. <laughs> yeah, Walid, as you try to brush them away like they're flies, they burn your hands. Yeah. Uh. They burn your hands and your silk robe <gasps> begins to burn. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Okay, I put that out immediately. Yeah. You put that out immediately, you step back. Don't fuck. you feel like your entire body is on fire. Your eyes, as they meet, Walid's begin to glow. Like the sun. Okay, so when when I open my mouth, do, does light also sh- shine out of it? Do you want it to shine out of it? Sure. And <laughs> and as they shine out of it, I say, "Not again!" <laughs> <laughs> do you say "not again" in a um in a knowing way? Like you, this, this has happened to you before, or like this is like you've experienced this feeling before. Uh, probably the feeling. Okay, I think... so this is a familiar feeling to you. Being filled with celestial energy. Yeah, because I think this is maybe kind of a similar feeling to like com- like when the jade spoke through Dongfeng. Yeah. Very, very similar feeling. Yeah. And the burning stops, the glowing subsides, but there's still this faint glow coming out from all of your joints in your exoskeleton. Mm. You pick up your guandao off the ground. And in an instant, that glow and that burning immediately restarts. And it surges through your body, through your arm, and into the hand that grasps that guandao. Your guandao begins to glow and bursts into flame at the blade. <laughs> and the pain is gone. Fuck yes. So now I just have a a torch? <laughs> well, if you, as you kind of, well, are you, what are you doing? Are you like turning it over in your hand? Well, I'm holding it and looking at where it bursts Yeah, so it flame. looks, well, well the, the blade, I mean, it's definitely radiating the same amount of light like a torch, but it is a flaming blade. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like freeze just staring at it. And then I, what is everybody else doing? It's just Dongfeng just kind of standing there holding this flaming guan <laughs> yeah. I, I can't help but think like Ning is like captivated by like the majesty of this. This is like almost like sublime in that it's horrifying but also beautiful. And I think as as the blade finally like gets the flame and like it seems like at somewhat of a stable state, I think Ning is back up on her feet and she's like approaching Dongfeng like with fear and like trepidation, just like 
unsure what's going on. And after a moment, she just like whispers, "Like, Dong Fang, are, are you okay?" I'ma like slowly lower the guando onto the ground and laying it flat. So you put it on the ground, you lay it flat, and you let go of it. Yeah. And the flames go out, and you notice that on the palm of your hand, you see burned into your hand. Uh, this what? Golden chrysanthemum. <laughs> golden chrysanthemum. <laughs> A golden chrysanthemum. You will now be able to imbue weapons with the power of fire. Oh, yeah. That's yes. so ironic considering I'm a shrimp. <laughs> you no. grabbed it. You grabbed it. Now this is what you have to deal with. Oh. Now there is there is more to learn here with that. Um and you will, you know, slowly learn more about what you are able to do. I shouldn't have grabbed so, it, guys. <laughs> is that is that the response? To, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> what did I I'm a shrimp. Yeah, I think I'm like, <laughs> look, I've seen fried shrimp before. It's not great. And I just kind of like crouched down on the ground because I'm pretty overwhelmed. And I like, I, like an Asi- Asian squat, Asian squat. And I like kind of like put my head on my knees and I kind of like clutch on my head with my arms. And I just repeat, that's not great. Okay, well, what's Waleed doing? Because we got, we know what Ning's doing. We know what Dong Fong's doing. What's Waleed doing? Uh, I think Waleed would, would come a little closer, squat down uh, with uh, Dong Fong and, and say to them, um, uh, how, how are you feeling? What's up? Because he doesn't know what the <laughs> hell happened. <laughs> Waleed, I thought I was going to die. Straight up. Me too. Yeah, I turned red, didn't I? My shell turned red. Yeah, that isn't normal for you, is it? No, it means I'm cooked. Oh, do you feel delicious? I kind of like slap you upside the head. <laughs> I turn into fire. I you imbue this weapon with fire. <laughs> so I think that's a really good ending point. So you you feel delicious, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the the perfect ending point for this episode of oh. Dungeons and Day Asians. Um, we're back, we're back, we're, we're back. The, oh the, the man, crew, the crew's back. Um, at the end of every session, what was that? Sorry, that was my chair. Oh, okay. So, you know, remote gaming. Sorry. <laughs> at the end of every session. We do stars and wishes. We talk about the things we like. We talk about the things that we want to happen in the next session. So one of the things that Steve has constantly been wishing for is combat. So I brought you very dramatic combat. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. And Steve killed it. Um, that was awesome. Yeah. And I would have done the exact same thing if we were doing miniatures. I still do it anime style with the miniatures. Nice. Um. So let's start with let's start with Steve. Stars and wishes. So my star goes to a lead for the hardcore parkour move. Um, I, I, I love like the narrative of what lead is like, well, I'm not going to get one up here. And then you go and you do it and it just like fails. 
but Amar, you like play with that. Like that's a prompt for you to like, yes. And, and we turn into like a really, for me, like a super memorable moment <laughs> that just like that for me, I know a lot of people like have images for how sessions go. That is my like title card for this. Session. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I love what you did with uh, Amar. You do a really good job, not even just in D and D, but in TTRPGs in general, you do a really good job of taking failure and turning it into something very interesting. Oh, yeah, shucks. I agree. I love that. Okay, so let's go to Amar then. Amar, what was your star? Oh my god, uh, I'll clearly to Ding for that like super badass moment. Um, but also, actually, I, I really, really enjoy the way Steve plays. Um, not to pile it on with the stars here, but uh, I really enjoy the way that Steve has played uh, Ning with like this, like st- like high strung tension, and to sort of f- to f- for to finally actually see her open up uh, with her feelings was like that's really cool. Yeah. How about you, Agatha? Star. I think my star is to you, Daniel, for the combat. Um, it was just really fun and. The way that you handle tension in combat is is super cool. I think I feel like I'm learning a lot um, as I'm like learning from your DMing. Like the way that you you handle the pacing and things like that. It was just it was just really cool. I mm-hmm. I like all all of the descriptions that you gave and the way that you added the sound effects of the wind <laughs> of the birds. Oh, I thought you were gonna. St- I think we talked about the horse. <laughs> the horse was also great. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think that's this is like really cool. I'm, I'm... Thank you. If, you know what's I, actually? Oh, go ahead, Steve. I, was, I, I can add on just a tiny bit because like I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. It's like what I cut my teeth on. This combat could have easily just been like three people surround a monster and you all just like make attacks until it dies. But it didn't feel like that. It definitely felt like very like this was a high tension fight we i felt like ning was fighting for her life here even though it was only two rounds yeah statistically it was kind of like not that perilous mm-hmm. but it felt high high tension that was great mm-hmm. thank you actually i'm gonna so i'm gonna start with my star and then i'm gonna provide you with a little bit of context because i'm sure the listener has some questions um my star 100 gonna go to you steve mm-hmm. because of that you kind of broke the current mold of what you know Ning has been. Uh, and you showed vulnerability in Ning, which I think is awesome. Uh, I have a second one, and it's for Agatha. Um, first of all, like, Agatha, you were using, we were using our, our signs, our safety tools while we were playing. I thought, like, first of all, that was great. First of all, that was fantastic. Thank you. And I love how you work really well with Amar in creating this really interesting dynamic between Walid and Dong Fong, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. But it's not a one-sided relationship between the two characters, and it's not like a gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's it's a friendship that I am genuinely interested in seeing develop. Mm-hmm. And so while role-playing with Amar, it's like you incentivize me to put you two in more situations where you can rely on each other. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like that's a really understated quality in a player being able to help the gm facilitate relationships and bonds through encounters or storytelling thank you wow yeah so here's a little bit of context those birds (laughs) yeah yeah those birds you watched hitchcock's birds last week uh (laughs) so those birds are actually a real 
uh, mythological Chinese bird. Cool. Um, They're called poison feather birds. Um, So in China, there's actually a type of bird called the crested serpent eagle. You look it up if you want. Uh, The crested serpent eagle is a very large bird that shares a lot of the physical characteristics with this one, except for the long gooseneck. Um, but the poison feather birds, or they're called gen birds, um, are exactly what I said. They have, um, their droppings can dissolve stone. And if you actually take their feathers, it was said that their feathers could be used to make wine poisonous. Oh. Yeah. They're a very, they're, a, they're essentially a common creature, a common bird outside of the charted um, areas of China during the Han Dynasty. Whoa. Do they have like a real life relative like today? Yeah, yeah. The crested serpent eagle. That's a real bird. What? Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, that's what ornithologists think. There was actually an ornithologist at the ROM named Brad Bird. It's the perfect name. <laughs> oh my God. Ornithologist. <laughs> um, I actually worked with him. He was, um, I helped him deflesh a trumpet swan. Like take the skin off of a big 100 pound swan yeah that's oh the bird oh my gosh mark. that looks that's so funny yeah it's a fun it's a funny look it's like a like a fat eagle a fat yeah. punk eagle yeah fat punk eagle but you know the chinese had a way of yeah the chinese had a way of <sighs> essentially describing monsters outside of their realm of understanding and that's what monsters are in ancient china that's why i didn't have the birds attack you Mm-hmm. Right, oh. because when you think about it in D anD D, whenever you encounter a creature that is different or strange to you, the players immediately think that it's going to be an encounter. Yeah, because creatures and monsters in D anD D represent, like we've talked about on Asians Read, theological virtues and and evils. Yeah, but in China, monsters aren't that. Monsters are literally representations of what the Chinese didn't understand or they were their way of understanding things that they saw in nature. So these gen birds, these poison feather birds, while they have mythologically some really cool qualities, weren't going to attack you because they had no reason to. They were scared, and so they ran away. That's really cool because I, my, my D&D mindset was like, oh my God, there's so many birds. How are we going to kill them all? Which is like... That's a very D&D way of thinking. So thank you yeah, for that context. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to subvert that. Um, so yeah, that's what those are. If, in, if, in case you were wondering or in case the, uh, the listeners were wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're documented in a book called the um, Shanghai Jing, which is the classics of mountains and seas. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, you are. They're mentioned scholar. in like three sen- sentences. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so let's go to wishes. What do we want in the next session? Let's go back to Steve, and then we'll go Amar, Agatha, and then myself. Um, so Steve, what my do wish, you want? What do you wish w- for? My wish is that I could hug my friends and be with my friends, but hug that might not happen. And be with friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think my wish, if that can happen, would be um, maybe learning more more about this noble. This this noble's body is here, and there's got to be like something here that we might be able to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Amar, what's your wish? Uh, I want a superpower. What the, <laughs> what the hell? What's what, Why is Dung Fun getting this? Oh, no. Um, 
Uh, Dung Fung, grab the flower. I don't have control over this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, they, that um, that's really really cool, and I and I definitely want to like learn more about the four nobles and that aspect of this mythology. I think has been one of the more interesting bits for me, anyway. That has stood out. Sweet, Agatha. How about you? I want to add on to Amar's wish uh, in that I want to see what powers the other PCs get. <laughs> want to wants Amar and Steve to get powers. Yeah. I I love how yeah you want us to get powers, but totally you could just like take all the powers yourself. Just like get all the nobles' powers, put them in Dongfang. Look, see what happens. One is already painful enough. I, don't you remember how Daniel is describing it? <laughs> it's actually going to be really interesting because when you go and eventually learn more about the nobles, you'll be able to determine what what thematically what kind of powers you're going to get. So the golden chrysanthemum is aligned with the south. And the south in China is aligned with the vermilion Darn it, I knew phoenix. it. I was like, not the bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The phoenix. It's the phoenix. So the fuck is a phoenix shrimp. Fascinating. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Oh, dislike. <laughs> you know how you know how you know how when you cook a shrimp they start off as white and when you cook them they kind of turn pink. Yes, I do know. That's the fuck. That's your cooked shrimp. That's why I'm maybe vermilion. Your, <laughs> maybe your colors change now. It's that's up to you. Oh my gosh. But then we'd have to commission new art. I have to say that that uh, that is super cool though. I like the I like the opposites and the tension of the opposites within one creature, in this way. Yeah. No, it's actually pretty cool. I mean. Ooh. Can mm-hmm. you activate fire underwater? Is it like lightsabers? You can use it underwater? Like, you don't know. We'll find out. We'll have to figure it out. Um, my wish is for you three, the players, to engage in small talk with the NPCs. Mm. Okay. Oh, with the NPCs. Okay. I okay. love small talk with NPCs because it makes the world feel real. That's true. Mm. Yeah. That's doable. We cool. need more NPCs, aside from Shuang. It also adds emotional attachment to certain NPCs. That's true. Beside, aside from Schwong. Right? All of these soldiers have backstories. They have opinions. <gasps> do they? Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them have bad opinions that you don't want to hear, but, you know. <laughs> Some of, hey, maybe you want to hear um, these, these bad opinions. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe Steve would. Who knows? Does everybody like the empress is this <gasps> is, she, is she a well-liked person you don't know you've just you're just in the capital that sounds quite treasonous i know that sounds quite treasonous <laughs> and perhaps some people might talk to certain characters about things like that and that's where tension can come from oh cool. sweet I, I don't think they would talk to right? Ning about it <laughs> yeah no, that's what i'm thinking hey ning Ever think about assassinating your <laughs> shot? <laughs> hmm. 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 Um, okay. But the bandit. Um so yeah, let's uh let's let's end this. So <laughs> Let's end this. Asians Represent is part of the One Shot Podcast Network. You can tell we're rusty. We haven't done this together in a while. If you head to oneshotpodcast.com, you can listen to a variety of amazing podcasts like The Broadswords, an all-women actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast focusing on roleplay, narrative, and diversity at the gaming table. Mm-hmm. If you have questions about this episode's themes, the, you know, the, 
the monsters we discussed, the weapons we discussed, the pronunciation of things, um, or anything else related to Asians Represent. If you want to sponsor this podcast, let us know. You can get in touch with us on uh, Twitter at AZNSRepresent or via email at AZNSRepresent at OneShotPodcast.com. Every week, Steve and I stream on Twitch. Every Friday, we read through really, really, really terrible, really terrible 80s and more recent uh, Orientalist work. And we critique it. So you can uh, watch those live at twitch.tv slash AZNSRep. Or you can watch over 24 hours worth of critical analysis at youtube.com slash AZNSRepresent. I'm Daniel. We'll go. This is his remote. I'm Agatha. I'm Daniel. I'm Agatha. I'm I'm Amar. I'm Steve. And you've just listened to Asians Represent. We got to work on that one. This virtual thing is (laughs) too.